episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the Gym Aware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where Gym Aware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates gym aware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash cvasps, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of Gym Aware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into some of the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by Wake Forest's Assistant Director of Sport Performance, Chris Borthwick. Chris, man, hey, thanks hey. for being with us. How are we doing? Thanks for having me. Bro, we're doing good, man. You know, like, fired up to catch up. Always great to see you, brother. Glad you're doing well. As good as you could be doing across the pond, man. But, you know, before we get rolling too far, who was Chris? That's a big question. That's a big question. Um, well, yeah, for, for those that, that don't know, like you say, from the UK, uh, strength conditioning coach, currently, uh, currently based in North Carolina in, in the U.S. Uh, enjoy what I do, work with the, the men's and women's tennis programs there. And, um, and yeah, like try, try to not take myself too seriously, to be honest with you. Just, just enjoy the ride, you know? I think a lot of people, obviously, it's a, it's a serious gig of what we do, but you've got to, you've got to enjoy yourself as well along the way. Yeah, which is really easy for you to say since I was just chirping your ears off about all my garbage I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the listeners that you don't get to hear the pleasures of Jay going off and being uh, a little hey, whiny that was, baby. That was a highlight reel right there. Yeah, yeah, I think I could have summarized it as wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> But nah, man, you know, like you're a student of the game. You're a guy who's, who's been all over the place. Somebody who 
you know, a, a former athlete who, like all of us, have kind of had their hiccup to, to get to where they're going, to get into this whole development thing. Um, so I'm fired up for this, bro. If you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Well, there's, there's been a few. There's been a few. But the one that, the one that immediately kind of springs to mind was probably a, a few years ago now. And we were doing some, um, it was like working in tennis again. I was doing some like change direction or like agility testing, whatever you want to call it, you know, like change direction is, is the best way to describe it, in my opinion. And I was just, just running through these tests and, um, and I'm seeing like, we've got, got pretty lucky for my, my situation. I work with some, some very good players and um, like we've got like this year I'm thinking about in particular, I had the number one and two players in the country uh, in our, uh, in, in our team. And I'm running through this, these tests and we're doing like a, we're doing change direction tests and speed tests and things like this. And I'm just looking, I'm like, look, these guys are just like sucking at, uh, at change direction tests and like linear speed and things. I'm just like, what is going on? And then I just kind of had a bit of an epiphany that, well, especially when I looked at the data and saw that the guys who weren't as talented, like nowhere near the level were, and that's no disrespect to those guys that kind of hear this, but they, they know. And um, the, the, their results, the guys who weren't as talented, they were at the top of the leaderboard and the guys who were the super talented players, the guys that are currently playing pro, they're down kind of the other end of the leaderboard. And it just kind of hits me. They're just like, well, what are we really doing? And I'm like, what are we actually kind of testing here? Because if we're testing like change direction and things like that, then like that's fantastic. And uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with that. But then if I've got these guys who can change direction or dime, and they've, I've seen them play on the court. They're obviously like leaders in their field in co collegiate athletics. And they are just tearing it up on a, on a kind of week-by-week -week basis. And then they can't kind of pass the test that we're dealing with. Or not necessarily pass the test, but they can't kind of, they're not putting up what we see, what we perceive as great scores. I think the most important thing is what they perceive. And their perception reaction skills are on the court are second to none. They can perceive kind of their environment, what's happening before the guy on the opposite side of the net has already hit the court. So from, from my point of view, it just kind of made me take a step back and be like, well, how important are we really? We're probably not as important as, as we think, really. And we probably just need to take a little bit of a step back and, and almost get out of the way. And I think it's, from our point of view, it's more or less if we take the train track analogy, we just need to keep them on that railroad. And just every now and again, when they kind of veer off the side, it's just nudge them back on and kind of send them in that right direction. And I think the more skill orientated sports that you work with i think that is kind of more and more the case you've just got to keep them on the straight and narrow and just kind of let them roll with it um from that point of view yeah bro i think that that's a huge thing and i think that that's something that's becoming more and more understood and really valued right is that like skill is number one and you know a lot of these top players especially in a game like tennis like their skill level is so high that even beyond the idea of perception reaction they can make you do those things like they can make like all right i'm going to play the ball on this side because i know your next shot is going to have to be here and then winner winner chicken dinner you know 100 and it's it's can we make them a a phd in their sport you know can we give them the well essentially can we create the optimal performance environment for them give them the environment to be successful um to give them the kind of technical and, and tactical know-how and being able to 
have the right mindset um, to be able to kind of employ all of those skills that they've hopefully developed. And I think the, one of the most important things is it's, can we, like I said, with that environment, they want to turn up every day to come to, to come to work, so to speak, you know, it's not necessarily a grind. I don't, I don't necessarily like the word grind, but it's, they want to come in and kind of just enjoy the process of, of getting better. And one of the things that I really changed within my program this year was like, like a lot of us, we all take a lot of warmups. We take X amount of warmups per week. And it's like, let's be honest, it's not the most fun part of the job, but it's, it's part of the job. And I think if you're not enjoying taking those warmups and things like that as well, then your athletes definitely aren't. So from my point of view, it was, I want the, the kids kind of leaving my session with a smile on their face. That was one of my big KPIs. Okay, and it maybe sounds stupid. We've got these kind of high-tech high, high tech KPIs that we look at, force plate analysis and, and everything else, but why can't one of our KPIs just be like a smile on the face? And um, if they're leaving my session happy with that smile on their face, I think we've done a pretty good job because now they're motivated to go and attack their session on the court. Yeah, isn't that like, I don't remember who said it, but I've heard it said by a bunch of people, like their readiness monitor is if they show up and they're chatty. They're ready to go. If they show yep. up and they're quiet or mopey or whatever, then probably need to change some things or whatever. For sure. I think Buddy Morris is uh, chatty catties, you know, when they come in the weight room and they're kind of rolling out doing their five minutes of, of tissue work. Um, if, they're, if they're chatting and joking and laughing, then they're probably good to go. If they're all quiet, like just moseying around, then, okay, well, maybe we need, to, we need to motivate them a little bit more uh, on that day. And those days do happen, and I think that's, that's absolutely fine. Like we all have good and bad days just like everyone it's just how we how we kind of adapt that and other people can uh, motivate you and get after it no doubt no doubt brother well, listen man you're, you're a guy that digs too you're a guy that asks a lot of questions you're a guy who's trying to find better ways and means of things of doing you know what you're doing for those those young people down at winston-salem so you know if chris could ask one question and he knows he's going to get the answer what would that question be and why I think it's how much of an effect are we have our, on our athletes or how much we actually contribute into their success. And, and how much does that change as we kind of climb the performance ladder, so to speak? So as we get higher up, are we actually having less of an, of an effect? Um, and that would be the big thing. Like I'm starting to, I've been reaching out to a few different coaches working within tennis at the moment. And it's, we're actually just trying to pull in loads of data, essentially, just to say, okay, well, what kind of are the effects that we're actually having? Is there any correlations that we find in here? We're running a lot of data. And sometimes, especially in really skill-orientated sports, it's not as easy to find those, those correlations. But that's something that we're, we're currently trying to do. And I'm, I'm working pretty hard to, to do that. So I appreciate those coaches that are kind of taking their time to speak to me over the phone and, uh, and send me some of that data as well. Um, so we'll do a little plug here. If you work in tennis, please reach out. And then I'd love to kind of share any of that data that I've got uh, with you. But yeah, I think kind of back to the, that kind of question, like how much of an effect are we actually having? How do we know we're having that effect? And that's going to be, that's going to be one of the things. And then the further we go up the, um, that performance ladder, I think it was actually, uh, it was Vic Valoria during, when I was at Florida State. He said to me, look, we get these kind of five-star recruits. Okay, these are the guys that are ready, almost NFL ready by the time they already get in college. Some of these guys have just got serious talent. 
and all their job is essentially they get in the, the Ferrari, the, the Lamborghinis. And, and, and he said to me, his words were, look, we just need to put the spinners on them, kind of change the gas and change the oil and things like that. And then and they're good to go. Don't hold them back. And like I said earlier, just, just get out of their way. So the, yeah, that would be kind of my big question would be how much are we actually contributing? Sometimes are we doing more harm than good? Yeah, man. You know, I think that was part of the rant where I was just going off at you about that too here a minute ago, right? Is it, <laughs> is it, what what are we doing? Yeah, and I think that that's like been our our like consistent question that we've been asking each other here in, in the basement. It's just like, what are we doing? Like, like what are we doing? Why are we doing that? Like, what what are we doing that for? Like, why are we looking to do these other things if we're if, the, if we're trying to get to from A to Z, why are we counting in numbers, right? Like there's different things. Like we have to move through the alphabet. Like how are we going to get to the end of it to be ready? And it, it's, I think that there's a lot of things that we're seeing right now um, where we're, you know, we're kind of counting like Rocky Balboa, right? Where it was one and B and three, you know? And it's like, there's some things that I don't know if we necessarily need to be focusing on yet but that's more of a soda pop talk than anything yeah for sure and i think especially at the moment you know it's like we we like kind of quantifying everything that we do within strength and conditioning it's just kind of who we are a lot of us are data driven and things like that we like to be able to quantify it kind of mainly to cover our backs but then like we like to obviously see if we're actually having an effect on the athlete and make our give ourselves kind of that pat on the back and make ourselves feel great but then like, does that really matter if the athletes aren't necessarily getting the right amount of sleep? Then you're not getting the right nutrition because those things at the moment in today's climate are going to be a lot more important than any sort of kind of pulse plate analysis or anything like that with the current situation we're in where guys have been sitting on their ass for four or five months, you know? Like, that's, the, that's the big thing here. It's getting back to those fundamentals, um, those kind of building blocks of performance and then building on top of that accordingly. No doubt, man. No doubt. And it's been a crazy four and a half months. And this has been a weird question for me to ask people because I think it's been just such a hard time anyway to figure out what's up, down, and in and out and whatever. But, you know, you're a dude who's digging. You're a dude who, I mean, really, in like two weeks, you're, you know, you would be getting into fall tennis, which if people don't understand what that is, um, it's, it's a season. Like, it's a whole in-season. And then you'd be getting – you're like 96 hours off around Christmas and then you go right into spring tennis. And then when they finish NCAAs, you know, with your men and women, that's in the tournament, deep in the tournament. Usually they go into their summer, which is their pro season, which if you've, you know, if you've ever worked in baseball, I think people understand those wood bat leagues, but people don't understand that the tennis circuit is like a wood bat league where five days out of the week, they're on the road. So, obviously, finding an escape for a guy who's stuck in the middle of that is, is an interesting question. So, what is Chris's escape, man? Well, yeah, it's obviously getting the time for that escape is the, the big thing. And then when you get it, you've got you've, you've to go deep. You've got you to get out of there and get as much out of it uh, what you can. Um, the first one will probably surprise you a little bit. World War II history. 
that's kind of the, the different thing that uh, maybe a lot of people uh, even know me don't necessarily know that I like history that much. Um, but yeah, World War II history is my is my go-to. Mark Felton uh, Productions, I think it is, on, on YouTube. He, he's my guy. Um, I, I have breakfast with him most, most days, you know, just catching little kind of short docuseries. Um, so yeah, I love getting into to that, uh, kind of just getting down that rabbit hole of World War II and just kind of listening into kind of what's going on. Um, outside of that, big coffee guy. And I know like being from kind of Europe and things like that, like no offense guys, but like the, the coffee in America is not quite as good. Um, so I do miss that when I'm kind of, when I'm overseas in, in the States. Um, but yeah, the, the coffee in Europe's great. Big coffee guy currently teaching myself how to be a better barista. Um, so that's something I'm reasonably passionate about, like making a good flat white, you know, and then you combine, combine that flat white with the, uh, with the World War II like, documentary and you're, and you're good to go. Um, and then, yeah, like spending time with, uh, with the missus and things like that and um, like just getting out, going hiking, no cell phone, no signal, no nothing, just kind of head out into the mountains, hike for hours on end and just kind of just literally get away from it, you know, and that's, I think that you don't realize that we're always on our phones. There's always some sort of technology around us all the time. And um, I try to make it a bit of a habit when I get home from work, just to put my phone kind of away. Don't look at it for the next few hours or whatever it's going to be, maybe a quick check before I go to bed, but then getting away to be able to go hiking. It's, you can leave the phone in the car or, or whatever it is. I just, maybe t one of us will take the, the phone with us and we just put that on silent unless we need it for an emergency. Um, but yeah, just get away from it all because we know right? it's 24 seven when you're in season, especially. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. And I can tell you from multiple trips over to Europe, yes, the coffee in America is uh, lacking. And it's not, <laughs> and that's not something that is like just one person has said, like that's come over from Europe. It's every last human being. And now no offense, but more so people from the continent than from the Isles. Mm -hmm. for sure yeah yeah that makes uh that makes sense i mean like uk for the most part like the coffee is not not a huge part of society it's becoming bigger and bigger but if you go to france italy even germany to an extent greece like those islands and things like that down there the coffee is unbelievable and you don't even know kind of i have no idea how they're making it down there it's it's com completely different or it seems to be completely different from another world but that's that's something that i'm pretty pretty passionate about trying to understand the differences between different beans and grinds and stuff like that like i won't i won't bore you with the details of, of kind of nerding out on it but that's that's the stuff that that interests me and i think when you go down like you say you go down into france into italy it's not just the coffee it's the experience and uh, and, and you can spend time i know uh, william whalen um, spoke about this as well. I actually messaged him about it the other day. And um, it's just being able to sit in the square around architecture and things like that and just kind of enjoy what's going on. Now, I've been, architecture wasn't something that was kind of, I was massively aware of to start with. But then, like, my missus, she's an architect. So, you know, that's definitely a part of my life now. <laughs> I've got to be aware of that. So, yeah, sitting, having a coffee, enjoying kind of the scenery and things like that, it's actually quite, quite relaxing. And, and just, yeah, just, just a good place to be. And, and you can people watch, just get away from it. Yeah, dude. And the, that's such a great, cause you can do it anywhere, right? Just chilling in a square, 
watching people. There's always some like monument out in the corner that you've got no idea what's really there for, but it's pretty rad to look at. And like, it's all these old cool buildings. Like that's something the States is definitely missing. Yeah, I think as well, it's, I don't know why, but those monuments are always old naked dudes. I, that's, I just don't, just don't get that. Why are we, why are we all of a sudden got some old naked dude? But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's brilliant. And you can just literally sit there um, for kind of hours on end and just, just watch the world go by. And, and that's the, that's the nice escape, you know, and it gets away from all the, all the sets and reps and, and coaches talking this. And, and it's like, that just gets a bit old after a while, you know, you've got to, got to get away from it and kind of enjoy enjoy what's going on in, in the wider world because there's kind of more more to uh more to life than kind of inside of a sport rack no doubt brother well chris man appreciate your time brother this is awesome it's always great to catch up always great to see you super fired up you're doing well man and we'll be in touch real soon thanks a lot jay appreciate it take care buddy yeah man cheers brother thank you